Um, I want to talk about, <coughs> excuse me, the mystery of prayer. Um, I learned this story back in Africa about the dog. And I also learned that um, at least in the western part of the world, the dog is known as man's best friend. And I see that everywhere here in America. I love dogs. I, I saw a very big dog yesterday at the Centennial Market, Farmer's Market, they call it. I said, I wish I could go with this dog to Nigeria. <laughs> very huge dog. So the story goes that um, long, long time ago, when humans increased upon the earth and um, food or fruits were not enough for them, and they decided to start, you know, making do with animals around, and uh, they didn't want to continue to eat raw meat and raw food, grains, and they needed fire to cook food, to cook, to roast meat. And they didn't know where to get fire from. And they, they understand that there is fire in heaven with God. So they ask the question, who can go to heaven to meet God and collect some fire and bring down to the earth. Now, this is an African story. It's not real. No. So, so they had a meeting, and then they decided at the end of the day that they are going to send the dog. Okay? So they called the dog, and they told the dog the problems of humans. We need fire. We can't get to heaven. and We don't know how to get the fire, but we think you can do the job. And so the dog said, okay, I will. So the dog ran all the way to heaven for days. He was running. Of course, we all know you can't run to heaven, but that's the story. So he ran to heaven. And when he got to heaven, he met with God and he talked with God. The humans have sent me. They need fire to cook their food and they don't have fire on earth. So they say, you have fire. I should come and collect the fire from you. And God said, okay. So God gave the dog the fire, you know. And so the dog held the fire in his mouth. And then he started running down to the earth from heaven. And then, you know, fire was new. So the dog didn't know. <laughs> fire burns. So the fire started burning his nose as he was coming down. And it got too hot for the dog. And the dog couldn't travel straight back to the people who sent him. So he traveled zigzag. It ran all across the earth. And as he ran, the fire split all over the place, all over the earth. And finally, he got to his destination. And they thanked him very much for bringing fire to humans. So that's how we got fire on earth. <laughs> African myth, not, not true story. But the story tells us that in Africa, that the reason why the dog has a black nose was because he went to bring fire from heaven. And so he got burnt, so the nose became black. All right? Now, talking about fire... I've seen some dogs, I think, around here that their nose are not really black, you know. <laughs> Talking about fire, prayer is like fire. <clears throat> prayer is like fire from God. Prayer is a mystery. A mystery is an inexplicable, that word is hard in my tongue, in inexplicable, okay. I'm African, inexplicable. Prayer is an inexplicable fact, <laughs> or a fact you cannot explain. You know it's true, it's real, it works, it does something like magic, it, but I can't explain it, okay? That's what prayer is. And 
prayer from the story of the dog is that it's like fire. When you pray, you will create certain effects in your life and the life of those around you and even in the community, both visible and invisible ones. That's the mystery of prayer. If you want to try it, just try. If you've not been a prayer person, just start praying at home secretly and you'll be surprised how everyone living in that house, under that roof, how they will change. Try it and see positively. I've tried that before. Just start praying, praying for people, calling their names, telling God, God, make them better. Lord, make them these. Just say good things about them. Seven days and see the atmosphere in your family. I'm telling you. All right? So prayer creates effects. And then prayer also creates marks. Like the dog had a black nose. The mark of prayer, of fire rather. So when you pray, people can tell. When they interact with you, they can tell that there is a difference between this woman, this man, this boy, this girl. Something is different about you, special about you. I'm telling you. Sometimes when you walk into the airplane, you know, the plane, and you take your seat, the next person sitting by you can just say, hi, something special about you. Yeah, I'm a priest. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, So prayer creates a mark in your life, creates character. Believe me, prayer will cause you to have good character, cause you to have the character of patience, gentleness, of love. And I'm telling you, it will give you a character of joy. You're just happy. People abuse you, insult you, you're happy. They say bad things about you, you're happy. You're not stupid anyway, but you're happy. Things don't go well, you're happy. You're not dunce, you know what's happening, but you're happy because... You know the end of the story. It's going to be good because you pray. So that's the mark of prayer. It's John Wesley, at, uh, John Wesley, and some people say uh, it goes as far back as St. Augustine, who says something like, without God, man cannot. And without man, God cannot. Without God, man cannot, or humans cannot. And without humans, God cannot. Now, that is describing the mystery of prayer. All right? So sometimes it seems as if God's hands are tied unless we pray. It seems as if God will not intervene in human history unless we pray. Why? Is God not God, the omnipotent God, the indescribable, unattainable, attainable? Why must he somehow be limited to our prayers? For us to call upon him. Like he was supposed to go to Egypt and save the Israelites from Pharaoh. But he came to Moses. Moses, I've heard the cry of my people. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I've come to call you to go and save them. What? You saved them yourself, God. Can't you? (laughs) Must I go to Egypt? Well, that doesn't mean God is limited. No, but there is this connection between God and humans. Remember, the Bible says he put his breath in man, in humans. They became living souls. So there is that connection of God and man on the earth so that whatever God is doing on the earth, it, it, it concerns humans. And so God must involve a human to do that so that it can affect and, you know, Pass through the human race. God must do that. So, without God, man, humans cannot. Without humans, God cannot. So you see, prayer is a mystery. You got to pray to bring God into the scene. 
You can't just say, well, he's God. Let him save the world if he wants to. Oh, yes, he can, boy. When he does, everyone will be in trouble. Yeah. And God doesn't want that. <laughs> he told Isaiah, oh, these people angry, angers me. These people are making me angry. Oh, no. I want to bust. Oh, Isaiah. He came to Isaiah. Knock on his door early in the morning. Yes, who's there? It's God. Oh, what do you want, God? I've come to discuss something with this early morning. It's too early, God. I'm still sleeping. Wake up. Wake up. I can't wait. I'm, I'm hungry. Okay. What's the problem, God? Your people are getting me angry and I'm going to bust. I'm going to bust. I'm going to destroy. I'm going to destroy. Oh, God, calm down. Calm down. Just calm down. All right. All right, Isaiah. But I'll tell you what. I need a man. I need a man to stand between me and these people. I need a man to intercede, to pray so that I can calm down, you know. I can calm down. Or else, Isaiah, calm down, God. Okay, Father, have mercy on them. Oh, Father, please calm down. Have mercy. You know we are humans, Lord. You know we are weak at times, Lord. Please calm down. Please show mercy, Lord. I'm going to talk with them. God, I'm going to talk to them. I'll tell them. i tell them to change their ways. I'll tell them to fear you. I'll go to them. i tell them how, you, how good you are. I'll convince them to, to obey you, Lord. You know, that's my own version, you know. That's my version. I'm not saying it's in the Bible. It's not in the Bible like that. Okay, it's just my version. All right, so, so God said, I sought for a man. I mean, can't you do something without seeking for anyone? Just go, God, and just settle the problem. You see, when, when God does that, everything's going to go sour, you know. <laughs> it's going to come, brr, bah, 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 and it's going to carry a sledgehammer salmon kill a fly, so to say. I said, God, do you have to destroy the world just because of, you know, Abraham told him that? God said, I've seen the scene of Sodom and Gomorrah, and I've come down to verify, and... Sodom and Gomorrah will be gone in one second. Abraham said, oh God, do you have to destroy Sodom just because of the sin of a few people? Come on, God. God said, Abraham said, what if you find 50 people out of one million? I spare them. What? Okay, what if you find 40 people out of one million? I spare them. What? What if you find 30? I spare them. 20? I spare them. 10? I spare them. Did they say five? I don't remember. Okay, maybe if, if, if a man said five, if God said, um, it's hard, but okay, I think I have Lord, his wife, um, two daughters, four, and the daughter's fiance, fiance six. All right, that's more than five. Uh, I give them maybe 10 more years of Abraham, maybe 50 years. Okay, okay, I'll wait. So God seeks for a man. Without God, man cannot. Without man, God cannot. Prayer is a mystery. And today we read in the Gospels, the disciples came to Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. Not because they don't know how to pray, they never prayed before. No, every Jewish boy at the age of five can quote Genesis to Deuteronomy and they can say some Psalms. They know how to pray. These were mature Jewish men. They've been going to the temple and the the synagogue. They know how to pray. But the prayer of Jesus was different. So Jesus gave them a format, a form of prayer. Say our Father, for those who are just starting, for beginners, the Lord's Prayer, for beginners. But you can't keep living at the beginning level to be blessed by prayer. You have to move on. So Jesus, after telling them about the Lord's Prayer, he told them about the importunate or the persistent friend 
who went to ask for bread for his visitor. And he kept knocking. Wake up. Give me some loaves. Wake up. Give me some loaves. Oh, you weary me. All right, take, go. He said, God is sometimes like that. You are praying. You are asking for something. Not that he doesn't want to give you. Not that he's asleep or so. But somehow there's maybe something, some adjustment, some things to put in place before that prayer becomes a reality. So Jesus said, don't give up. Keep praying. Keep asking for it. And Jesus said, it will happen. I didn't say that. Jesus said, it will happen. And he said, ask and you will receive. He didn't say, ask and I will say, no, wait, yes. Did Jesus say that? I didn't see that in the Bible. Some people say, you know, when you pray, God says yes. Sometimes sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says, wait. Uh, If you know where it is in the Bible, please show me. I'd like to read that place. But I have not seen it. What I see in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, pray and something will happen. All right? So Jesus said, ask, you receive. Seek, you find. Knock, to open unto you. Ask God for bread. He gives you bread. He can't give you stone. Ask him for egg. He gives you egg. He can't give you, give you scorpion. Ask him for, for, for fish. He gives you fish. He won't give you a snake. You know, we have this idea of God when you ask God for his will, then he gives you something terribly bad. So better don't ask him. Just go do what you want to do. Don't tell God. If you tell him, he's going to mess up everything for you. You know, God is hard. You know, he's hard. It's not true. It's not true. All right? God is a father. A father. Amen. So let's make use of prayer to end. There's a general format of prayer they call Acts, A-C-T-S, you know, adoration, confession, supplication, and thanksgiving. So if you want to learn how to pray, say, how do I go about it? You start by adoring God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You bless him. You worship him. All right? You adore him. And then you go to your confession. You confess your wrongs. Father, I told a lie yesterday. I was angry with my wife. I'm sorry, God. I, you know, forgive me. He forgives you. That's confession. And then you go to um, supplication. No, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And then you thank him. Father, thank you. I'm healthy. Thank you. I slept while I woke up. Thank you. I rode my car. No accident. Thank you. Blah, 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 blah. You thank him for so many things. And then supplication. Supplication means you asking. Say, Lord. I'm bidding for this contract. I want to build this facility in the legacy in, uh, in St. George's. Okay? So you're bidding for the contract. <laughs> Let him give it to me, Lord. <laughs> All right? Okay, remember, if you have not pledged for the legacy, please pledge. <laughs> My wife and I have pledged. The last time I told you, we've not, but we will. We have pledged, okay? So you pledge now. All right? God bless you.